do seek out those autistic spaces, do seek out the autistic voices, do listen because their experience is quite different. If we're going to provide authentic and validating supports that are actually useful to the individuals, we have to understand their experiences. We cannot project what we think they are or what we think they should be. Welcome to Tilt Parenting, a podcast featuring interviews and conversations aimed at inspiring, informing, and supporting parents raising differently wired kids. I'm your host, Debbie Reber, and I can't believe it, but we are here at the end of this podcast season. I hope you've enjoyed all the conversations and incredible guests that were part of this winter season. But to close it out, I'm bringing you a fantastic interview with Amy Laurent and Jacqueline Feedy from Autism Level Up. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say most of you have probably heard of Autism Level Up or heard Amy and Jacqueline's names before. But in case it is new to you, Autism Level Up is a resource that I have personally spent hours pouring through because it's so accessible and informative. So in this conversation, I wanted to talk with Amy and Jacqueline about why they created Autism Level Up, how the conversation surrounding autism and support for autistic people has changed over the past decade and how we can all level up our own understanding of and experience with autism and neurodivergence. Here's a little bit about Amy and Jacqueline before we get to that. Amy Laurent is an OT, co-author of the CERTS model, and the co-founder of Autism Level Up. She enjoys supporting autistic individuals and their partners, co-conspiring as an ally to autistic people, and creative design of useful and accessible tools and supports. Jacqueline Feedy describes herself as a super fun, super goofy, and super duper nerdy autistic advocate and the co-founder of Autism Level Up. Jack also enjoys supporting autistic individuals and their partners, as well as program evaluation, data and statistics, and app and web development. Here it is, my conversation with Amy and Jacqueline. Hey, Amy and Jacqueline, welcome to the Till Parenting Podcast. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks. You guys have kind of a unique story and your relationship together is part of what you're doing through Autism Level Up. Could you tell us a little bit about how you came to create this resource? This is Amy. I am usually start talking and then Jacqueline usually follows up just so you guys have a sense of who's talking at what time and whose voice is whose. I am a developmental psychologist, an occupational therapist, and a special educator. And I am allistic, which means I am not autistic. And Jacqueline is a developmental psychologist, data analyst, research nerd, physical activity junkie, and also an autistic adult. And so our partnership is really the combination of our two perspectives to figure out the way forward, the way that really combines both perspectives that are necessary to figure out how to create a more kind of affirming and supportive environment for neurodivergent people. Yeah. And our, our partnership really came about, this is Jack now, because we, we went to grad school together. And when I was finishing grad school, I took a job, my first full-time job as a tracking and evaluation specialist on a clinical research grant. And this was the first time I ever had such a mismatch between my profile and the environment around me. I could do the job, no problem. But being in the office with the humans, I was coming home every single day, breaking things, kicking through walls, smashing furniture, exploding, melting down, 
or the opposite, needing absolute silence and dark and shutting down and sleeping for 26 hours. And I went on like this for months. I didn't have my diagnosis at the time and I had no idea what was going on. But asking someone else for help was not even a thought process that occurred to me for months and months and months and months. And finally, one day I had taken a picture of a hole that I kicked through my door and I sent a picture, this picture of this hole to Amy, who I had worked very closely with in grad school and somewhat stayed in contact with even through my shutting down of all the few social connections I had. And I said, LOL, I did this. And that for me was a huge plea for help to get to that point. And from that, we started working together and she started supporting me in sensory and then in social when we realized (laughs) that was a huge part of it and through my diagnosis. And I think that initial working together really began us trying to do more for the larger community. Like let's take this framework we've used for me and make it applicable to the larger autistic and neurodivergent communities. It's a really incredible story. And I'm wondering how long ago did you get your formal identification and did you decide we need to kind of share this with people? I took that job in July of 2017. All it took was two weeks. That's when I got to that lowest low. Mm -hmm. And then I went on for months in silence, uh, just not having any idea what to do. (laughs) December was the first time that I sat down with you. Yes. But, and what I was starting to allude to was you knew me very well and you knew my work, but you never at one time thought that, hey, I know this person who has the skill set who might be able to help me. That was not even part of the thought process. It was just, I was one person she still trusted and was in contact with. And so when she sent me the door, I was like, oh my gosh, like I know, I didn't know exactly what was going on, but I knew what was going on from a regulatory and a sensory standpoint. And so, and I didn't even really, I had no idea that those words even applied to me. Regulation, sensory. You you can't meet her without knowing she's a sensory nightmare. So I I do, I do admit to that. (laughs) Um, We'll be right back after this quick break. So in our house these days, Darren and I have been working together to up-level our nutrition and healthy lifestyle habits. Maybe it's our age, our changing bodies, my shifting hormones, whatever the reason, I'm here for it. And that's why I'm loving Green Chef, a meal company that makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Green Chef offers gut-friendly recipes each week and is committed to providing a holistic approach to nutrition by offering meals that contribute to the overall well-being of your entire body. Darren and I are particularly big fans of their nutrient-dense, science-backed gut and brain health recipes, developed in partnership with registered dietitians that improve digestion, reduce bloat, and also boost energy and immunity. This week's favorites, turkey, black bean, and sweet potato chili, and the Baja chicken bowls with mango salsa. I mean, don't those sound delicious? But if that's not your thing, you can choose from a variety of customized meals to suit your lifestyles with preferences like keto, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, gluten-free, and protein-packed. Whatever you choose, you'll get farm-fresh ingredients, organic whole fruits and veggies, and premium proteins, along with chef-crafted, nutritionist-approved recipes delivered straight to your door. 
Go to greenchef.com slash 60tilt and use code 60tilt to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's 60% off plus 20% off your next two months when you use the code 60tilt at greenchef.com slash 60tilt. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. This year, I've been working on becoming more attuned to my body, and so I'm starting to really recognize how periodic spikes in anxiety or disruptions to my routines can seriously throw my whole system off. And as I've been traveling a ton this past month, which is both disruptive and somewhat stressful, I'm especially glad that I have the extra support of Symbiotic Plus, a three-in-one supplement from Ritual with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Symbiotic Plus provides fuel to the cells that make up the gut lining to support a healthy gut barrier. And it comes in this very cool minty delayed release capsule, which was specifically designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract for delivery to the colon. The bonus is that the capsules don't need to be refrigerated, so I can easily bring them with me in my carry-on. On a personal level, I love that Ritual is committed to sustainability. They're a female-founded B Corp, meaning they are holding themselves accountable long-term to not only think about their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash tilt. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash tilt for 25% off. Even with that timeline, I think about how things have changed so much since 2017. I mean, I support parents raising neurodivergent kids, many of whom are twice exceptional, autistic and ADHD, all all kinds of profiles. There are so many adults who are now either self-identifying or being formally identified as being autistic. Knowing this was only six years ago, it feels like the landscape has changed. I'm sure that your work is part of that. But have you noticed that kind of broader, at least understanding that we're talking about a lot more people than we may have believed even 10 years ago? Yeah, thinking back to when I was in school, I think that there's a lot of people in my generation, especially who present or identify as female, who were missed because at that time, it was really the most DSM stereotypical cases, even for males that were being diagnosed. And as adults have been telling their story and blogging and streaming and sharing all this stuff, we've really come to a much more full understanding of the thing we already called a spectrum, (laughs) but didn't really live by. And I think that's, it's really empowering. I mean, that diagnosis for me was the difference between thinking I'm some broken human who's not cut out to exist in the world or at least the working world to, oh, my brain is different. Knowing that gives me power and allows me access to tools that might work for me to to actually navigate these environments. So I think there's a big shift and you've been in the field much longer than me. So you're probably the better one to answer. But I think it's, I think the the companion answer to that is my perspective because I I was in the field for a long time. I'm a co-author of the CERTS model and i specialized in supporting autistic individuals for a very long time. That being said, I did know Jacqueline for a very long time. I did know she was a sensory mess and I knew that she had regulation challenges because I just 
knew those things about her, but she had such a mask. I because have... if you meet Amy in person, she will be judging your sensory. <laughs> <laughs> Only because I have the same needs. <laughs> Just trying to see if you're a good match for me. That's all. <laughs> it's true. Okay. So yeah, we get along quite well because of that activity profile. But at the same time, your mask was something I've never seen in anybody before. It was unflappable. She was the calmest, coolest, most collected person on the surface. And so it wasn't until we really started digging into the sensory and the regulation side of things. And I started reflecting on some of our other conversations where she would say these things like, and I would just shake my head and laugh and be like, she's so naive. And then I started to put all those naive statements over all the years all together and be like, oh, it's not naivety. It's social, not understanding. And here I am, somebody who has been in the field for a long time, is a co-author of a model who's looked to as somebody, as a specialist. And it took me a long time to put the pieces together to go, oh my gosh, I missed it. And I I truly missed it. And then when I started to go back and put things together, I'm like, I don't know how I missed it, but I did. And so again, I think the evolution in the field, not just of autistic individuals identifying themselves and recognizing it in themselves, but the professionals are going, oh, we had this very narrow view. That is fascinating. A couple things. One is, I feel like even hearing that is going to be helpful for parents who maybe discovered this or supported their child much later than they wish they would have and maybe feeling guilty about that. And I should have known, how did I miss this? And so it is comforting to know that this was your profession. And I also recognize the power of masking we talked with Devin Price about unmasking autism. And that's something we've talked a lot about on the show. And it is something we know that people can be very good at. And especially, as you said, uh, people who identify as female, it tends to be even a stronger skill. I do want to mention, Amy, that you mentioned the CERTS model. And so we've had Dr. Barry Prasant on the show a couple of times. And so you've worked with him. Can you just take a moment to tell us what the CERTS model is just for people who may not be familiar with that? Sure. So CERTS is a model of education or support for autistic individuals. And it's an acronym because all models of education have acronyms associated with them. So um, SNC stands for social communication. We'll level that up in just a minute. ENR stands for emotional regulation and TNS stand for transactional support. So the model is designed to support autistic individuals in developing the communication and regulation abilities that will help them navigate their daily lives in ways that are meaningful and authentic to them. And that's done through transactional support, right? That's the partner in this. It's not, we're just looking for change and growth in the child or the individual. We as partners are willing to come to this interaction and this relationship and change and grow with you. And and that's really the basis of certs. And we talk about it as a person-centered model. It's developmentally grounded. There's a evidence base behind it, all of those things. But then we enter in the autistic perspective. (laughs) And Jacqueline likes to level up the acronym for us. So it's the same acronym, but the S and the C are... (laughs) I say significant communication. Yes. I think social, especially when you're talking about a neurotypical population, has a very specific connotation that doesn't always drive with autistic culture. So significant communication, energy regulation, emotions are, you know, one of the things that we kind of take on, not that they're bad, but they are in fact made up. (laughs) They are a, they're a social construct. They're a socially abstracted layer 
put on top of all this physiological arousal going on in the body. And I'm only half joking that they're made up because for those who are socially attuned, it's very real Mm -hmm. to have that shared understanding and use those terms to communicate with another who presumably understands what that means when you say that word. And if you're not someone who's grown up wired for the social, that development may look of those constructs and ideas may look very different or may not happen at all. And so that's really why we have stripped it back, tried to take off that very abstract layer, make it more concrete with energy regulation. Where's your energy? Where do you need it or want it to be? How do we shift it around if it's not there yet? So E&R. And then transactional support, that's just jargony. So I I turned it into two-way street. It's a two-way street. We got to think about the burden for change can't solely be on the autistic person because then change in our society will never truly happen. So we can't expect autistic people to change without the partners around them also being willing to understand and change and where we can make environmental and activity modifications. We want to do that. And we want to inform the person that we're doing that so that when they leave a school or a home, leave those four walls, they actually understand the things that they need and might need to advocate for. So that's the, that's the leveled up certs. <laughs> I love that. I've heard you talk about the energy regulation versus emotional regulation before. And that just makes so much sense. And even as you're explaining how you've reworded that acronym and stripped it down, it's just such a good reminder that everything needs to be questioned constantly. Like the language is evolving so much, I feel, in neurodivergent spaces. When I launched Tilt Parenting seven years ago, and I probably would be really embarrassed to go back and listen to some of my earlier podcast episodes, because I'm sure I use language that's not acceptable anymore. But I love this idea of continuing to question these social constructs and these kind of ways that we just assume are kind of the baseline or the standard and just disrupting that is really exciting. Yes. (laughs) We're fans of disruption. (laughs) Yeah, it's awesome. I want to be sure we spend some time talking about your resource and what you've created in Autism Level Up, which is about disrupting the conversation, I think, and being such a leader in this paradigm shift. Just tell us what it is, first of all, as a tool, as a resource for listeners to engage with. So we've got many different tools and topics that we tackle. So if people go to our website, they'll find a wide variety of resources. But this energy work that you, Jacqueline introduced and that you're talking about a little bit really does come from the crux of Jacqueline's and my work together to help support her in her regulation. So obviously, I had this very emotional regulation focus based on certs, and it was kind of how I, I thought. And as I got to know Jacqueline differently than I had known her previously, it was very quickly apparent that emotional regulation wasn't going to work. No talk therapy, no labeling of emotions, none of that was was going to have any success. But I knew and continue to know that from a sensory perspective, that's your path to regulation. And uh, that ties much more to energy for many people. And even when you go back and you look at the developmental literature that is the foundation of certs and you look at how we wrote about certs we always wrote about 
energy and emotion is being intertwined, those two things. And like the neurophysiological literature tells us that too, right? There's a shift in emotion, there's a shift in energy, there's a shift in energy, there's a shift in emotion. And as we started working through what Jacqueline's needs were, it became apparent, as you said, that that emotion is a a language barrier for you. So it just made sense to go, (laughs) we can strip that away. We can simplify it and still provide all the support that you needed and need. (laughs) Yeah. And I always had this knowledge that while the emotion words have always been elusive (laughs) to me, I definitely have a very in tune sense as to, am I lacking energy? Is energy surging throughout my body? Is it moving quickly? Is it pulsing? Is it all streaming towards one thing or is it spread all over the place? And so these are really helpful things for regulation. Mm. And so we started designing tools around this concept. We used those tools for quite some time. And then we actually reached out to people who had been using them, adults, children, households, full households, (laughs) using these tools. And we kind of hosted a paper. We didn't really write it. We hosted it, asking people about their experience with energy and There are 18 different autistic perspectives in this paper. It's also free. We can provide a link talking about, like, this is what was missing. My entire household uses this now. It makes so much more sense. Energy is the the first language of the autistic person and all these things. So it's great because my experience is one autistic experience. And yes, it can give great insight into the autistic brain and how it might work and such. But you have to know from more diverse groups, people who are typers, people who are very young, people who are very old, people who (laughs) come from different backgrounds and cultures and such, how is it working for them? And this was a resounding, this framework Mm. works for us. And that that was a beautiful thing to see. (laughs) And so we've built off of it. We've built multiple tools and a, a whole suite of tools around energy and Others that are like one-offs of this problem (laughs) arised in a school and this is the support we ended up making for it. And hey, it might help your situation too. And I think one of the things that really sets the energy paradigm aside from other kind of regulation programs is that it really recognizes that all energy levels have their place. There is a place for really intense, maxed out, frenzied energy. And if you've got that energy in the right environment, you're well-regulated for that environment. It's fantastic, (laughs) right? And there's also places where that really single stream flowing energy that Jacqueline's talked about is the right fit. And if you've got that energy, you're right where you need to be. We've all been there. We're we're single stream and flowing on something else, but it would be better if our energy was maybe lower or higher. And if we don't have a match, we're dysregulated. So it's not this idea that, single stream flowing is where we need to be all the time. It's what energy do you need for what environment? And do you have the skills to shift up or shift down to get that right energy? So that's a different twist that we bring to all of this. It's all so fascinating. I mean, we spend so much time talking about emotional regulation and co-regulation. And first of all, I'll have links in the show notes pages for listeners you have to go to autism level up. There's so many incredible tools. I spent a lot of time going through these just wonderful PDFs and downloads that can support 
people and understanding their energy level and what they need for different environments. I'm just looking at the power plan tool here and I just loved it so much. What do I need to power down? What do I need to power up? How to kind of individualize that for the person. So just incredible resources. We'll be right back after this quick. Hey there, it's Debbie. I love making this show and sharing conversations about how to support our awesome neurodivergent kids. I've seen how even one little insight from an interview can spark a big shift in daily life. But I know that raising complex kids can be messy and lonely. And just when we think we figured it out, something comes up that boots us right back to feeling overwhelmed and stuck. That's why I've poured everything into creating a way for parents like us navigating complex parenting journeys to join together and chart a path that feels positive, hopeful, and doable. It's the brand new Differently Wired Club experience. In the club, you'll get personal support from me and other seasoned parent coaches, six live calls every month where you can connect and get your personal questions answered, the opportunity to learn directly from authors and experts like I have on this show, monthly themes for getting specific and tactical, an exclusive private podcast feed, and the best, most generous community of parents. Seriously, these folks show up for themselves and each other, and that right there is really everything. Because it's a daily reminder that we're not alone. Our kids aren't broken, and we have totally got this. The recently rebooted Differently Wired Club is on a brand new platform with its very own iOS and Android app. It is such a great space. However you learn, whatever your style, no matter the ages, genders, and neurodivergent profile of your children, the Differently Wired Club can help you cultivate the positive shifts you're hoping for. Join us today by going to tiltparenting.com slash club. That's tiltparenting.com slash club. I hope to see you on the inside. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Break. I'd love to know how are people engaging with Level Up? I know that you encourage people to kind of assess where they are. Because first of all, the idea of leveling up is just great, right? It's like wherever you are, you can level up your knowledge, your understanding, your experience, you can better show up whether you're the autistic individual or whether you're someone supporting an autistic individual or wanting to be an ally as an holistic person. You have these five definitions of where someone might be on their personal journey and like assessing where am I on this and then how do I level up? Can you talk a little bit about that? So this really came about from that day or that month the World Autism Awareness Day, World Autism Acceptance Day, World Autism Appreciation Day, fill in the blank, right? <laughs> and we were kind of talking about this, like, <sighs> autism awareness, that's, I mean, it's a really low bar, but some people really actually need a true awareness. Acceptance, 
also kind of a low bar, but still like, how can you accept something that you don't fully understand? How can you appreciate something you don't fully understand? All of these things might be the case for someone and labeling it one just doesn't seem right. And we were having this very intense conversation about it. And it kind of like fizzled out for a moment, Mm. like we really need to ponder this. And then Amy walked like, I don't know, 20 feet away from me into another room. And I texted her and said, I've got it. It's autism level up. Wherever you are, take the next step. If you are someone who knows of one autistic person in the media somewhere and you need real awareness, that's where you should focus your energy. If you're someone who has done the work, been in the community, listened to autistic voices, and you truly want to help and advocate and empower autistic people, we've got ideas for you too, if you're truly ready for that step. So it's not about excluding people that aren't at some certain level. It's about bringing together people, whatever level they're at, and being able to provide some sort of resource or assistance or guidance to assist them and in real life, in what we do, that comes out in, we do professional developments in schools, we will do individual consults with families and people, trainings for government organizations. We do all sorts of things. I mean, there's a lot of different ways it comes about, even beyond the resources that we're developing and putting out on the web. There is so much work to be done. I was having a conversation yesterday with someone just about workplace environments. As an example, there seems to be this growing movement of workplaces really valuing the contributions of autistic people, which is great. And let's also figure out how can we support environments as opposed to just bringing in autistic people to use them for the skills that they bring. So I really love this framework that you've developed. And also, I just want to put out there for parents, a lot of people come to Tilt who are very early on in their journey. Sometimes they'll be encouraged to join autistic-led spaces and can say the wrong thing and then feel ashamed and embarrassed that they've kind of blown it or they feel judged. And I really appreciate just the tone that, that you set through autism level up, there's no shame here. If you're committed to this journey, let's meet you where you are. And let's build on that. So I just think it's such a wonderful resource. We do have an amazing community who is very respectful. I mean, don't get me wrong. My people are a blunt people who give you the hard facts. (laughs) But they're very understanding of this is your first time, the only knowledge you've probably been fed is very negative. Like, I'm so sorry to tell you, And we know, we know that's the system that you're coming from. So yeah, we are lucky to have such an amazing community. Yes, we are. So as a way of kind of wrapping up, if there's something you want listeners to leave this conversation thinking about or considering with regards to their experience, either being autistic themselves or maybe more specifically for this audience, raising an autistic child, what would that be? The one that I always go back to that I think is really important is do seek out those autistic spaces, do seek out the autistic voices, do listen, because their experience is quite different. If we're going to provide authentic and validating supports that are actually useful to the individuals, we have to understand their experiences. We cannot project what we think they are or what we think they should be. And that is very much the ethos of Autism Level Up is I have knowledge and understanding and things, but I've got to bring it to the community and get that feedback and 
combine it and create together to be able to actually generate something that's useful. Yeah. And the thing I would say, two things. One is different is just different. It is not a deficit. The more you can reflect on your own biases towards normal and what is normal and kind of let that go, the better it will be for everyone. And my second thing that I always tell parents, especially teachers, educators, is along this journey with a different brain from autistic people, you're going to get things wrong. You're going to make mistakes. <laughs> that, that is undeniable. And I'm just going to give you all the permission for that in the world right here, right now, because it is just such a different relationship when you come at it from the point of, I really want to understand what this is like for you or what this means for you or what it looks like for you, what it sounds like, what it feels like for you, rather than I need to show you what this is supposed to look like. I need to show you what this has to look like for our society and those norms that I talked about before. So make the mistakes, have fun with the mistakes. (laughs) Amy makes mistakes still all the time. And we have a great time laughing about them. I make mistakes too. Occasionally. Occasionally. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have a tally board, which is good. (laughs) But yeah, just be a lifelong learner if you are the parent of any child, but especially of an autistic child. Be a lifelong learner. So good. So good. I'm going to have links to autismlevelup.com. You can find all of the tools there. Are you guys on social or is there anywhere else that you'd like people to engage with you? So Facebook is our most active group. We've got quite a large following on Facebook. So I would definitely encourage people to check that out, autismlevelup.com. We have very sporadic engagement with any other social media. Between us, we have the executive functioning for one platform. (laughs) I'm all for that. Okay. So listeners, again, I'll have links to everything in the show notes page that we talked about. And I'll link to the interviews I've done with Barry Prezant too, where he talks about certs and his book Uniquely Human is also great if you're newer to this journey and want to have a more positive uh, lens to consider autism through. So Amy and Jack, thank you so much. I just so appreciate you and what you're doing for the community and for taking the time to talk with us today. Thanks so much. (laughs) Thanks for having us. You've been listening to the Tilt Parenting Podcast. To go deeper into this episode, visit the extensive show notes page. For every episode, there's a dedicated page on my website with links to all the resources mentioned, a full transcript, and a podcast player with key takeaways marked so you can easily go back and re-listen to the sections you're most interested in. Just go to tiltparenting.com slash podcast and select this episode. The Tilt Parenting Podcast is hosted by me, Debbie Reber, author of the book Differently Wired and the founder of Tilt Parenting. This episode was edited by Andrea Curtis Amasquita, and show notes were put together by myself, Andrea, and Lindsay McFadden. If you get a lot out of this podcast and want to help cover the cost of its production, please consider joining my Patreon campaign. On Patreon, you can sign up to make a small monthly contribution, as little as $2 a month, and it's super easy to sign up. Just go to patreon.com slash parenting to learn more or click on the Patreon link on any show notes page. To follow Tilt Parenting on social media, go to at Tilt Parenting on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook. 
Lastly, please help this podcast stay visible and easily found by the listeners who need it by subscribing and leaving a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much. And that's all for this week. Stay safe, stay well, and take good care. And for more information about this podcast or any of the resources that Tilt offers, visit TiltParenting.com. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.